Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Inner Calling podcast. This is your host, Amanda Nafash. And today I am joined by a super cool, super spooky, but in a good way, um, really, really amazing person. She is a shamanic practitioner and a death doula. Please help me welcome Ashley Opon. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So um, I have known you for I guess like a year-ish, maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, but I really have not even like cracked the surface of understanding all of the amazing magical things that you do. Um, so I guess me and the audience will learn together today. So in your own words, um, what is a death doula? So a death doula, so most people have heard of a birth doula. So <laughs> a birth doula is somebody who guides somebody who de- uh, through the birth process. And a doula is literally a word, I think it's Greek, I might be wrong, um, that it means like to serve. Mm-hmm. So with death doulas, what they typically do is can guide somebody from whether they're planning um, you know, death is inevitable. So people can plan at any stage. So if people are like, you know what, I want to plan, um, my funeral, or I want to put into words what I want done in the case that something happens to me and I cannot speak for myself, people can start there Mm -hmm. to the fact when people know that they may be dying and they need some help explaining things to their family or they want somebody to just be with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even through having a funeral um, and what they want done with their remains. So a death doula can work in like a lot of spectrums. Um, it's becoming a little bit more mainstream, especially with COVID and especially with people looking for more environmental and natural options mm-hmm. to going back to like death care than we have now because right now it's very steeped in like capitalism so a lot of people are trying to like move away from that a little bit mm-hmm. that's cool so you basically help them put together like a, a death plan if you will absolutely that's definitely that's a big actually there's a lot of people some people just do that like there's a lot of different ways people can be a death doula but one thing is just doing like what a lot of people call advanced planning Hmm. they put together a file of exactly what they want done um, and they can be as specific as possible um that's even better people especially what they want done people always think like when people are dying the most important thing is like a will what Hmm. do you want your where do you want your stuff to go so part of that also is so where do you want to happen to you Mm-hmm. Who do you want to be in charge of your medical decisions, especially it might not be your spouse or your parent, because mm-hmm. maybe you feel that your spouse or your parent doesn't know what you want, mm-hmm. or they may not be able to handle it, you know? Yeah. Fair. So, yeah. So people put in, put into writing specifically who they want, um, what they want, if they want specific music playing, if they want specific smells in their room they can put all of that down and then like another thing is like what do they want to happen to their animals maybe they want to give animal to a specific person Mm -hmm. or um there is actually a concept i love called swedish death cleaning where people go through basically all their stuff and give it away to who they want it to and um create a death plan within that Mm -hmm. and then also part of that death plan can be like social media accounts People forget about that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. maybe they write down all their passwords and keep it somewhere. So 
when the time comes, somebody can access those routes and either close them or just memorialize them or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a big aspect of death doulaship, actually. Just advanced planning. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, it's the, all these details, I guess, are thought of, but you don't necessarily think of them all being a service that someone provides. Um, it's, It's, I'm sure, so, so beneficial to people and families who don't have the capacity to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you get into this work? So um, it all starts a long time ago. So um, <laughs> so actually, I've always been really interested in the death process in a way. So when I was growing up, and I always like, talk about this because I, my family, my dad is from Ghana and West Africa, and my um, mom is from England. Her whole family is from Jamaica. So the way, like, I used to go to funerals, I've been to a lot of Ghanaian funerals, and my tribe specifically, the way we do funerals, it's like a five-day funeral. Um, And there's a lot of merriment, there's a lot of drinking, there's a lot of partying. There's also a lot of, like, extreme um, showings of grief, like a lot of crying and hysterics. Mm Mm-hmm. This is just like normal for us. So when I was growing up, I kind of just assumed that this is like how everybody expressed their grief. So when I got older, I remember the first time I went to my choir teacher at high school, I died and we went to her funeral and everyone was really quiet and really composed. And I had never been to an American funeral. And I was like, this is so weird. I was like, what? Everyone, are you guys sad? Like, What's going on? Like, I was so confused. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that was like one of the first times that I was like, huh, everybody here is very like controlled. And I didn't understand why. Cause like the way I grew up with looking at death was like, I also come from, we're not like, my family's not super, super religious, but they're kind of religious. So it would always be like, yeah, this person died and it's really sad, but they're going to a better place. Right. And, we're going to, we're going to know that we're going to see them again. And that's kind of what was always ingrained in my head. So I was like, okay, it's still sad. You still cry. But like when I saw the way people were reacting, it was so strange to me. And that's when I kind of really got into like, like, how do people deal with this? Like, this is so different than what I'm used to. Is this good? Like, and realizing that like, it's so different across the board, the way people deal with grief. Mm -hmm. And then also I've always been really into spirituality and religion since I was a kid. Like I used to re- like read books about different religions, like constantly. I'm, I'm just fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. So just all of that together, I was like, huh, like the, the mystery of death has always been amazing to me. I love learning about different religions or what they think about the afterlife. Mm-hmm. So all of that kind of came together. And then I'm also a registered nurse. So I have worked in a couple of different areas, but I started working in hospice And I really liked it because it kind of was helping me with like, yeah, what is this mystery of death? I want to deconstruct it. I want to find out what people think about it. I want to find out how I feel about it more. Mm. And one thing I learned, people always come up to me like when I worked hospice and well, people still come up to me now. Now I work in oncology. So people are like, oh my God, you must be so depressed. And I'm like, no, like the thing people don't realize. And I think a lot of death doulas find this is like, Dealing with people in death makes you appreciate your life so much more. Mm. And it makes you see like how many things actually don't matter. You're like, wow, like, you know, I'm just like, you want to really live every day. You're like, okay, I'm going to just do my best today. 
this doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. I'm going to try to make people happy. I'm going to try to do my best to help the world. But in the end, I can just do what I can do. So I worked in hospice. Um, I really, really enjoyed it, but I didn't love the people I worked for. So I stopped working there. But while I worked hospice, it just, it just made me think like, man, I really love dealing like with this kind of area. Like I like helping people through it. I like moving through it. I like every aspect kind of of death care is just so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. So after I stopped doing that, I was like, ah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I didn't necessarily wanted to go back to hospice in this like very corporate American healthcare way. I was like, I don't know about that. Um, but then about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, I saw a post on Facebook and it was somebody had posted this woman standing in front of a giant vat. Um, and she worked at a crematory, but it was called water cremation. Hmm. was the process she was talking about. So water cremation is, it's only, it's legal right now in 19 states, not legal in New Jersey yet. Um, And it's a way of cremating a body, but by using water as the the tissues all turn into water and all that's left is the bones. So Hmm. I was reading about this. I was like, yeah, this is fascinating. And I clicked on it. Then I clicked some more and I clicked some more and I got to this website of these women called the Death Wives. They're a group out of Colorado, these two women, and they teach about it. And I just started taking all these classes on their website. And I was like, whoa, this is fascinating, like about how to serve people who are dying, about to help people. And it was so like organic and natural the way they were talking about it. It wasn't this like sterile, got to do this, got to do that healthcare way. It was like this beautiful loving way of doing it. And I was like, this is awesome. I was like, I want to learn everything about this. I want to do this. I want to help people through this. Don't get me wrong. It's not like all perfect and beautiful and amazing all the time. It's not like that, but it's something that's so interesting. And it's also something that can be so helpful and healing to people. Mm -hmm. You know, even when people are in the throes of grief, it's like, for some people, it's the worst period of their lives. I'm like, man, if I could help people through that, that'd be awesome. Like, that's something I really want to do with my life. Like, so I started taking classes and um, I did like a whole program with those two women um, called Death School. And I learned all about these different aspects of it. And now here I am. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of my little story about how I got into that. That is so cool. Um, thank you for sharing that story because I feel like... Um, I definitely am not alone in just being like, obviously from knowing what a birth doula is, I could kind of guess what a death doula is, but yeah. I definitely feel like that the process of getting there and like understanding like why you're so invested in it. That was a really mm-hmm. interesting take. Um, so I also know that you are a shamanic practitioner. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess we'll start, I'll start with like a, it's like a two part question. I want to, I want to hear like how you got into that and and what that experience was like for you. And then I want to hear how you kind of bring the two together or if you don't. Yeah, sure. So (laughs) yeah, no problem. Thanks. Um, So like I said, when I was a kid, I was like fascinated with religion. I was obsessed. Like I, and it's so funny because like I said, my family isn't super religious. People, you know, I used to hate when people say like, we're spiritual, we're not religious, but that kind of like was my family. Like we were, my dad grew up Catholic. He still goes to church. 
but he was never like a strict guy. And then my mom grew up Seventh-day Adventist and like couldn't wanted to run away from being a Seventh-day Adventist, but still was very like love Jesus. So like she's like, my mom now, she's just like, I love Jesus and that's it. Like I don't I don't want to associate with any crazy <laughs> people. I just like Jesus and I pray and everything's fine. I'm like, mom, that's fine. So like, um so I used to just really love it, reading about stuff. And like every other day I was like switching religions. I was like, you know what? Today I think I'm going to be Buddhist for a week. For a while I was like, I'm going to be a Rastafarian because I'm half Jamaican. And then I found out like they can't eat certain foods. I was like, no, nah, I'm not good. I'm not going to do that. I can't eat pork. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, so then I, I, I just everything for a while. I was like, I'm going to be a Wiccan. But then I didn't really like totally resonate with Wicca. So but I always like really believed in magic. I'm like, it's weird. I was like, just always just knew it was a real thing. I used to have these sensations. I used to feel like I'm hearing like messages. And then I, for one point in my life, I was like, I think I'm just nuts. Like, I think, like, I mean, something, cause like this wasn't happening to my friends. Like they didn't feel anything. And I feel like a lot of us spiritual people, we feel things. And sometimes like when you're young, you don't know what that is. You're like, I just had this feeling and I become overwhelmed with this or feeling the spirit. It's so funny too, because like one of my best, best friends since I was 12, she's Catholic and she's like pretty Catholic, but she's actually one of the first people who relate to that with me because she's very spiritual. Mm. She's like, yeah. And I go to church and I get filled and people always think like, ah, like Christians, they don't, but my friend, she was a one of the, she's like, Ashley, I get it. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) She's like, but I for her, like she feels the Holy Spirit. So she's like, I think I get what you're talking about. And it was always fun to talk to her about it. But mm-hmm. like, so I used to feel these things. So I got older and like my first love of my life, like when we broke up, I was, you know, I was 19, 20. I was like, oh my God, my life's over. I'm going to die. Like, so <laughs> I went to Barnes Noble and I found these tarot cards and like I said, my parents weren't strict, but like I did go to Catholic church when I was a kid. So I really did think I was going to go to hell if I started reading tarot cards. So I got real nervous about it. But yeah. something was like, no, nah, I'm just going to start reading them and like learn about them. So I started reading them, started reading them. I got really into it. And then this went on a couple of years. I got so into it. I was really into the online tarot community. I learned people. I, I met a lot of people. I went to conferences. It was really fun. Then I kind of fell out of it at one point, but then got back to it. And then there was like a point in my life where I was like, I feel like there's something else I want to learn about spiritually. I would learn about all these things, but nothing was connecting, especially none of the like religious stuff. Like I didn't really want to be a Wiccan. I wasn't into like Santeria. I wasn't into hoodoo or anything. So I couldn't figure out what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Then I read one day about shamanism. And I actually had like a very strange dream and my grandma was in it. She's like in all of my very strange magical dreams. And she's actually the first person who like, she said the word in the dream. I didn't really know what a shaman was. I had heard of it. So then I started kind of looking it up and I was like, I think this is something that like, is like me. Like, I think I'm supposed to learn more about this shamanism thing. So I started contacting people who taught about like general shamanism and I found a teacher and I'm interviewed with her and she's like, all right, I think this is good. And that put me on like almost like a three or four year path of just learning different concepts in shamanism. And the thing about it is that shamanism, like the word shaman comes from a peoples who live in Siberia. So it means to live in both worlds. So shamanism is a universal concept. It's just that the word shaman is the most 
popular word to describe it. But in every culture, it's different. And people use a different word. Um, I started learning all these different concepts about healing and helping yourself. And actually the first year of learning, it was just all about healing yourself. And it's all about looking at yourself and all the things like your trauma and looking at like stuff that you don't want to admit to yourself, things you don't like about yourself that you pretend is fine. And it was like good and awful at the same time. Cause it really did free me a lot, but it was a lot of like me having to look at one big thing was I, I've had a lot of crap happen to me in my life. And for me to actually have to look at how I was contributing to my continued suffering instead of being able to say like, okay, this happened to me. How can I move through this? Or how can I use this to make it something that I do better with my life? I was just sitting like, well, I'm going to victim. I'm going to be a victim forever. (laughs) I'm like, this is everybody did this to me and everything's terrible. And how dare they? And that was like the hardest thing to go through was to be like, damn, like I really am just using this for now every excuse in my life because these things happened to me. Mm-hmm. And then learning like, damn, I could actually do something with that. And when I did, it was like, I, I op- it's like I cracked open and like, I felt like my potential was endless. I was like, damn, I can do anything. Like, so the next step of my journey then was learning to help other people and learning to communicate with the spirit world and other people's guides. And that was like, really cool. I feel like I've been through a lot of people who work in shamanism, even like in different places in the world, you go through these like major deaths almost mm. in your, in, in your journey. It's like you, 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 part of your ego has to die for you to really be better at it for you to communicate with other people. So I went through all these deaths and every single one was amazing and, and it ended up helping me. Um, and then I feel like I was always kind of looking for exactly what's my path. And then with the death doula stuff, it all came together because like, I get like the thing I love so much about death doula work also is talking about the afterlife and helping people move through that and connect with their ancestors, especially ancestor work. It's my like favorite thing. So, um, that's kind of how I'm using it now is to like help people, move through, connect with their ancestors, um, connect with the, the, the other world with their guides. And um, it's all related to death work because people are so, and make people not afraid, you know, yeah. we don't, nobody like, I, I mean, I know what I've seen, but I can't tell you 100% like what's going to happen to you when you die. I don't know, but I want you to not be afraid. Cause I want you to know that like, there's another side and there are these wonderful guides and people there for you. And um, yeah, that's, that's how I kind of try to relate them now. That's so awesome. Um, so I'm trying to like picture and I mean, it's probably going to be hard to put into words, but do you have like a story of an example that you could share about like, um, the connecting with someone's ancestors while also doing death doula work. Do you have mm, a Okay. No? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let me think. Nice. Um, <laughs> so it's not only like, well, this is kind of like connecting with ancestors, but also with a little bit with death doula work. So this kind of has to do with like pre-planning though. Like mm-hmm. I talked to my mom she like wrote out her will and stuff. And my mom's like, oh, this is very macabre, but like, I need you to like 
taught, like, we need to sign my will and stuff. And I'm like, okay. But my mom's mom, my mom's mom died when she was 10. Mm -hmm. So like my mom always had this like very big fear that she was going to die early. So even with my mom, I was like, mom, let's just like, what we do in shamanism is called journeying. Mm -hmm. We, um, kind of, you sit back, you do this meditation. It's like a deep meditation with drums and people kind of can journey to anywhere in the spirit world. So my mom's always kind of had this fear of death. So what I was like, mom, why don't we talk about it? And why don't like we journey to the moment of your death? Like, if you're comfortable with it. And my mom's like, all right, like, let's do it. <laughs> my mom's been way more open about this than she was before. So helping people do like helping my mom do that was, I was, cause I was like, I don't know if I can do this, but like, let's do it. So we did. And it was like the peace that she said she felt in that moment. She's like made her not afraid to die. She's like, wow. I, yeah. She's like, wow. Like, I felt this ultimate release. And that's something I think people don't think about, but I, I've heard it and I think about it. Like when somebody is dying, especially when they're not afraid, there's nothing to worry about. No matter what we are doing, we are worrying about something. We're knowing we have to go do something. We're knowing we have to take care of something. At that moment, there's nothing to worry about. And it's a complete peace. And my mom was like, okay, I see. I'm not afraid. Not that she's not afraid, but like at all. But it's like, she's like, that piece is what's what's there when it when it happens. It's nothing right. that like is going to hurt me. It's just going to be a release. No matter what happens next, I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So that's one way that like so far <laughs> that I'm like seeing like, oh, wow, like this is really impactful. Like this can really help people and and change their perspective when you mesh kind of the shamanism and you mesh the death work together. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, so awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, So um, it was really crazy that that alarm went off at that moment. (laughs) Like it was literally like my whole head was like, what? (laughs) It was like, my phone was letting everyone know that you were making a very important point. (laughs) So, um, wow. It's literally like, it's, it's so simple and so complex at the same time. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you feel that way about it because it feels, um, what are your like, like looking forward as at your, your career? Like, because I'm also, I didn't even know that you were an RN, so I don't know how you have so many hours, but like, (laughs) but like, what would you say your like ideal goal is for the future with this work that you do all of it? Yeah. So, um, so one thing I really, really want to do is make, so one thing that I love and I'm super passionate about is, um, home funerals. Mm-hmm. Um, people, it's completely legal and in, in the, every state in the United States and people don't do it a lot because people don't even know that they can. Mm-hmm. So home funerals is something that I want to help people with a lot. And then also helping with environmental initiatives when, when it comes to death care. So, helping people bury their dead in a more environmentally safe way, especially like with climate change and like literally 
running out of space, like of where to put people. Like if we can environmentally do it, it's better for everybody. So one of the things that I'm really working towards is to change legislation. I really want to get us to legalize, especially in New Jersey, um, alkaline hydrolysis, which is water cremation, Mm -hmm. um, which is super safe for the environment. And I really love eventually us to get natural organic reduction, which is actually what they also call human composting. It sounds really macabre, but it's not that bad. Um, It's just literally, (laughs) it's just like a facility. Uh, They actually have a facility in Washington state already. Um, The lady who kind of like came up with the concept and she's the one kind of helping legalize everywhere. Her name's Katrina. I forget her last name, but Recompose is the name of her organization. Mm -hmm. They have a um, facility there where they literally are breaking down people's bodies into the dirt and using it in forests. And I feel like there's no more beautiful way to give back to the earth that has given us so much than to just give our bodies back. Like, you know, what to me, I'm always like, well, what else am I going to do with it? And like, I'm I'm dead. Like there's nothing wrong with cemeteries. I love a good cemetery. I love a good um, internment, but I also think, that if you give people these other options, it might sound strange, but when people kind of see like what they could do, it it becomes a really beautiful thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So going forward, I'm just really hoping to like help with legislation. I'm hoping to do more education with people. So they know more about like their rights, especially, especially LGBTQ plus people, because I feel like a lot of times there's been, I've heard of a lot of situations where people, they may not be married to their spouse or their partner or their family gets a hold of them and they say, well, I want this person to do this, this, and this, and that person never wanted. And they'll say this person's partner doesn't have rights because of whatever, or misgendering them at the funeral and things like that. You know, I want to like, yeah, help correct those situations. And then especially like a lot of people who are, Um, living in marginalized communities, people of color, they don't get their voices heard all the time when it comes to their death care. And then people who are low income, funerals are like on average $8,000, like in in New Jersey, especially. I want people who are low income to know, like, you don't have to spend your whole life savings. Most people work paycheck to paycheck. It's not easy to come up with $8,000 on the fly, when somebody dies. So I really want to help people realize like you can do this for less money. You can all have your, um, all your needs and all your wants written down somewhere and you can have people follow them and you can be respected at every point in your death care. So I really want to just educate, educate, educate. And in a couple of years, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do this full time, but I definitely this is definitely a big part of my life now. So I really want to just keep doing it and keep helping different people with it. That is so awesome. That's so beautiful. Like I'm literally so inspired right now. I'm really happy. To- <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even think you got my message before, but I had all of my sessions today were rescheduled. So I just assumed we were rescheduling as well. Cause I was like, I don't know, it must be something in the air today. And then you like hopped on the call and I was like, all right, I guess I have to get into work mode and like do something. Now I feel really motivated. So I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my night, but it's going to be something. <laughs> so thank you. I'm so glad. <laughs> um, I want to, I want to just say that it was really crazy to me that you brought up 
being, uh, what, I can't remember exactly how you said, like, where, where you are put back into the forest, basically. and like Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, human composting or natural organic reduction, I call it. Yeah. So that actually, I found out about that. I don't know how I located this information. I was, like, 15 years old. But I remember I found it, and I was so fascinated by it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So, like, me and my family one day, we could have, like, a family forest where, like, all the trees are really just from us. Because I found yes. one thing where it was, like, I think it was, maybe it's not what you're talking about exactly, but it's kind of, it was like you would get cremated and then your ashes would be put into like something with like a tree seed. And you Oh would yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not exactly the same, but it just like reminded me of that. And I was like, oh my gosh, because when I found that out, it was my first realization that there are other options because I had yeah. known of the one like American traditional, like expensive ass like drawn out wake funeral depressing three-day situation you know and it was really like eye-opening to me to realize that there's so many other ways to do it so it's really beautiful that you bring people options because choice is something that feels really good when you don't have a lot of it Mm -hmm. um so thank you so much for that service that you're bringing to the world um I want to give you the opportunity to share with our audience because I'm sure people are going to be having a lot of questions and want to reach out to you and also potentially need your services. So um, anything that is upcoming that you want to share and then how everybody can find you, let us know. Sure. So um, upcoming, well, I'm working on like my schedule for the 2023 now, which is wild. Um, But so I don't know everything yet, but um, and people can kind of stay up to date with me um, at my website. It's Sankofa. So I'm going to just spell my website really quick because it's long. Um, <laughs> so I, my, my business is Sankofa Healing Sanctuary. So it's S-A-N-K-O-F-A Healing Sanctuary.com. And you can find me on Instagram. I'm Sankofa, S-A-N-K-O-F-A-H-S. And I'm on, I'm also have a Instagram where I'm kind of starting a website with more death education. It's called the best death Alliance.com. And I also have an Instagram for that. And yeah, you can just kind of stay up with me over there and I'll kind of keep posting updates about what I'm doing. And yeah, that's kind of all my links, I think. And you can always email me also. I'm Sankofa healing sanctuary at gmail.com if anybody has any questions anytime awesome thank you so much and for those of you listening if you missed any of that it will be typed out in the caption so do not worry (laughs) you will be able to access (laughs) ashley thank you so much again ashley this was such an awesome conversation i'm really excited to see where your business goes next oh thanks so much for having me i really loved this this was great Awesome. I'm so glad. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of the Inner Calling Podcast, and we will see you next month. Bye.